Welcome to Multifamily Live. I'm Kaylee Arusi. And I'm Jason Arusi. Our mission is to help you unlock your full potential as a multifamily real estate investor. So you can do more deals, bigger deals, with less stress, keep more profit, and free up your time. Multifamily doesn't have to be a mystery. It's time to go live. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. I am so excited about today's amazing guest. She's my newest best friend. Her name is Garland Fuller. Garland is a hyper-connector, inclusion, inclusion and equity strategist and leadership business partner. You know what? I'm actually going to let Garland introduce herself because I have her right here. So why not Garland, my amazing, amazing new friend? Please introduce yourself. Yeah. So I feel like if it weren't for Clubhouse, we wouldn't have met, honestly, which is one of my like favorite things about Clubhouse. Um, so I am, I'd say, primarily an inclusion equity strategist. That's a fancy way of saying I like to make sure that everyone has a seat and representation at the table and that they're able to bring their whole selves to the degree that, you know, they're showing up as something that's important to them. Um, I've been working in talent acquisition and recruiting for about 20 years. I know, don't tell anybody, it's all about the coconut oil. Um, and it's really, really been fun, I'd say, just finding ways that I can work with organizations, with people to just bring this conversation about diversity, equity, and inclusion um, out there. Um, I've primarily been in the commercial real estate space for about eight years. And it's been a lot of conversations lately because of last summer's, you know, I'd say racial racial reckoning or mm -hmm. our just recent reawakening of some of the injustices and inequalities and inequities that exist within our society. So um, I'm happy to be on today to, you know, have those conversations and others because I feel like we are in a really unique time right now. And I'm hoping that this is going to, you know, again, keep the conversation moving forward and getting more voices at the table. This is amazing. Like I said before, I'm super excited to have you on because this is a conversation that needs to be talked about, like be heard on a wider scale, a wider audience. So I'm so excited to have you on. So let's dig in first into your professional life. What are you and who, what do you do for uh, CBRE? Yes. So I am a diversity recruiting business partner. I work with our organization to find talent pools within my particular region, which is the Pacific Southwest. Um, I'm in Los Angeles. So the LA area, Orange County, San Diego, um, Arizona markets. Um, what happens is in this industry, we oftentimes find that people have a little bit of, you know, like attracts like. So who's already in the organization, when they reach out into their referral network, it is people who are very similar to them, not only in background, but in identity. And so how do we get a diverse client pool, a diverse, um, you know, employment workforce if we continue to just kind of go where we've always been going. So my role is really to go out there and you know come up with strategies to find talent outside of our traditional places, um, and also work with our leaders to talk about you know how to manage diverse teams, to be inclusive in terms of our culture, 
Um, I work with our employee resource groups internally. So um, a lot of organizations like huge ones like CBRE, um, we created these little communities inside. Um, and these are opportunities for people to, you know, I'd say create inclusion, inclusion, um, you know, centers, but also just educate and be aware of what various groups are, you know, not only facing, but what are important to them. Um, there's professional development that goes on in these groups. Um, there's just lots of cool things that I think our employee resource groups are doing. Um, and so I get to, you know, work with these groups, liaise with them, help them connect with the resources they need internally. Um, because of some of the sponsored relationships that we have, I also connect them with some of those organizations. So this is why I say I'm a hyper connector. Sometimes it's not even me doing something uh, as much as it is saying, oh, you should talk to this person. You know, we're involved with this organization. Oh, you know, this is what's going on. So it's usually putting people together, connecting them to the resources and the opportunities that they need in order to be successful. Tell me a great story because you are a hyperconnector. I know you have those stories. Tell me a great story of how you connected group or person A to person B and how that's almost solidified or, or furthered your mission. Yeah. Gosh. I mean, I feel like I do it to the point where I don't think about it as much anymore. Um, I mean, I, I meet people all the time. So, I mean, I was on Clubhouse, right? Mm -hmm. um, and at one point I was, you know, asking people if you're interested in connecting with me um, offline so that we can talk about what your career interests and aspirations are. And so I did a, at least, oh God, at least 20 conversations with people um, where I was, you know, helping them look at their resumes as well as their LinkedIn, but also asking them like, what do you want to do? And are you where you want to be? Um, and so there were some people that I literally connected them to organizations or I connected them to someone in my network that I think they should speak with who's doing the work that they want to do in the future um, or just giving them sometimes encouragement. I know that sounds like, you know, encouragement, but I think oftentimes um, specifically people of color, especially if you don't have people within your own, you know, circles telling you, you can do it, you, you can do it, you need someone who's kind of like a cheerleader or at least saying, okay, here's how you should approach this. This is what you should be thinking about. Or, you know, you might want to position yourself in this way and you might get more um, of what you're looking for if you do that. So oftentimes it is just, again, connecting people to an organization, connecting them to um, another individual in their space um, or connecting them to um, themselves. Sounds crazy, but it's true. <laughs> It's not, it's not. And sometimes it takes that one person and you in particular to connect somebody with themselves. And I love how instead of going to the high road of like all of like I connected celebrity one to celebrity two, it's really the the grassroots of the thing. It's the it's connecting those that are trying to learn or trying to level up with those who can offer them a hand to level them up. 
I think that's how Clubhouse, because let's talk about Clubhouse for a second. I actually haven't introduced Clubhouse on this podcast yet, but we've met so many people, including yourself, that have leveled our lives up by simply having these conversations, these hard conversations, these business conversations, these connectivity conversations. So let's talk about how Clubhouse has expanded your network and it has allowed I mean, the both of us to help more people. Yeah, I mean, I I got on it not even really knowing what it was. So let's just start there. That wasn't my intention was to turn into a networker. So I just want to put that out there that I, I wasn't one of the people who got on trying to sell you something per se. Um, I got on because, you know, one of my colleagues at work, let's shout her out, Kalani Blackwell. Um, she is fantastic. Um, and she basically was like, Oh, I'm on this thing. You, you know, are you interested? I was like, sure. I've got nothing to lose. Just so you know, I'm person that says yes more than no. So that's my thing. But I said, let's do it. Right. Um, and I got on not necessarily knowing what I was going to, you know, hear, you know, what I was going to experience. Um, I think as a podcaster for me, audio and listening is like normal. I love listening to people talk. Um, and so it was like, oh, this is great. Uh, and then when I got into certain rooms and you realize, wow, there's, this is a national international platform. Like there's people from all over. Um, and I was hearing some really awesome things and hearing from people that I was like, what, like, who is this? How come I don't know this person? Um, and so I was basically like, oh, I I need to. And so because of the way I am, I connect with people offline. Like this is just who I am. I'm, 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 I'm a kid of the eighties. So, you know, the internet is still like a new fun thing for me. Uh, but when I want to really get to know you, I will pick up the phone or I will ask for your number or an email so that we can like make this legitimate. Um, and from there I've met some awesome people. Uh, and I don't necessarily know that if I wasn't on that platform, I would have found them. Um, because I mean, millions of people in this world. Nobody really knows what anyone's doing unless you hear them talk about it. Um, And they were talking about it in such a way. I mean, that's just the thing with the voice. You can hear when someone is being authentic. You can hear when someone is telling you something from a, like a really special place, a really intimate place. Um, And there were some rooms where it got very real. Uh, and very personal. And I just thought, wow, this is kind of cool. Uh, And so that's how it started. I mean, when you and I, I was like, oh yeah, she's bringing the aloha. I got this. I know, I know this. That's right. Um, And so it was natural for me to like, yeah, reach out and us connect because there's a certain vibe. And then moms, you know, we were talking about being mothers and, you know, having children and making sure that, you know, you're always thinking about them, but then self-care for yourself, you know, there's just certain things that I think are universal uh, truths, universal, you know, feelings. Um, And so I think we did a caretaking or caregiving room that was just. Oh, that one blew my mind because that's where me and you connected because that I have mothers of multifamily and which I'm going to open back up everyone. So I know a lot of, I have a lot of mama shouting at me because I haven't done that interview. Actually, you know what? Let's switch over. Hi, everyone. This is Moms of Multifamily. I have the amazing Garland Fuller, and we are going to talk about everything 
motherhood, we did have a caretaking room, a caregiving room. And there were a lot of mothers in there. There were a lot of caregivers in there. And this was in Clubhouse. So during Mothers of Multifamily, I only asked one question. And that question is, how do you do it all? How are you a caregiver? How are you a mother? And how do you balance that with your business, with your mission? How do you balance that? And how do you teach your children about what you do? Yeah, I mean, I think it's been for me, and I have an older child, I have a 12 year old. So I feel like as the stages and the ages, uh, you know, there are different things. I mean, when she was younger, um, I just realized I couldn't go as hard as I wanted to because there's just was something that I had to do. And at the time I was a single mom. At the time I, I, I had gotten a divorce. And so I was like, I am the I am the alpha and the omega. I have to do everything. And so I was going to bed at nine o'clock, not because I wanted to, but because I was tired. Um, and so I just was like, I know this isn't going to last forever. This season of her life, this season of our life isn't going to last forever. And so I just was like, I just need to get us to a place where there's a routine. I think in the beginning, it's about a setting routine is critical because to this day, she follows that same routine because it's all she's known. Um, especially that bedtime routine that I feel like if you can get that down, you can conquer the world. Cause I feel like that's when the day goes sideways at that point, just trying to get them to go to sleep. Um, and so I got a good bedtime routine down and because I got a good bedtime routine down, she was asleep by nine o'clock every night, which meant I had the rest of the evening to decompress, to ideate, to do whatever I wanted to do. Um, some nights I fell asleep with her. Some nights I, I had the extra energy to say, okay, what is it that I should be focusing on? What are the goals that I need to be setting for myself? So giving yourself some forgiveness because I mean, at that age, I feel like the energy level on these kids are like at 100. And so you are just trying to keep up with what you're supposed to do. And then if you have multiples, just know they're just gonna be, they're just, this, is, this is your life right now. And you can either have a happy life and get rid of the perfections that, you know, what you put on yourself, the guilt trips that moms, I think, put on themselves to be perfect um, or enjoy your children, enjoy your life right now. Like if the house looks a hot mess, it just looks a hot mess. It's okay. Um, and then when it comes to, I think now that she's older and I'm in a different stage of my life, I feel like, you know, I and birthing something else. So I'm still caring. It's just, I'm caring for, you know, my career, my ambitions, things that I want to do. Um, and so she's at an age where it's puberty now. And so puberty is this interesting other like time uh, in your child's life because they're kind of going through this transformation into adulthood, but they're not adults, but they want to be, but they're not. And it's love hate relationship with you as their parent. And so really it's sometimes stepping in and then knowing when to step out. Um, I, I, and it's hard. It's hard because you just want, you're like, why are you fighting me? Um, but this is part of the, I call it rites of passage. You know, every child has a, you know, they're trying to plant their flag in their identity, plant their flag in who they are. Um, and so you can't be in there trying to, you know, helicopter, as they say, like you need to let them fight with you. It's okay. They're going to come back. They live with you. They can't go anywhere. Um, but just love them through the emotion 
Um, and get a therapist if you need one, because here's the thing, we cannot be all things to these children. It's okay if you're not all things to these children. The same way you would take them to a dermatologist if they have a skin condition, take them to a therapist if you're realizing you are not equipped. Um, because at the end of the day, we can't be everything to everyone. And we need to know our own limitations and our own you know, strengths. And so do that for your children because, um, and get one for yourself too, because we all need it. Everyone needs it. <laughs> so I was going to say, I'm, I'm going to need to save this in like some special place on my email that will like come back on my calendar when my kids, oh, let's say about six years, when they start hitting that age, I'm going to have to listen to this again, because that was everything. And that. I mean, we always tell each other to give ourselves grace to, to sometimes if there's dirty dishes, don't try and go for perfection, but how many times do we actually listen to that? How many times do we just, we still give ourselves that mom guilt and it's true. We give it to ourselves. Our kids aren't giving it to us. All they want is love from us. All they want is mommy's hug, mommy's ear, mommy's time. So why are we giving ourselves this guilt? Yeah, I think Western society, and I'll say this because I feel like I've lived in other countries and been around other women from other places where communal um, parenting, where women are literally, you know, if you're an aunt, you're a grandmother, like whoever, like everyone's helping you raise your child. Yes. Um, and so um, if you're in places where you're by yourself, meaning it's just your nuclear family, or you're a single parent, or you, you know, have to you know, have a nanny or caregiver or someone that you have to pay to come in and help you. Um, it's not the same as when you have, you know, aunt, cousin, grandma, you know, uncle, you know, there's like a family structure that is there to not only instill values into your child, but also be there when you can't be there. Um, and I think we've got this very interesting um, idea that if we're not doing everything, uh, we're not, you know, providing all the things that we're not living up to whatever. Um, and I think sometimes as mothers, um, depending on how you were mothered, that's also a thing. Um, how you were mothered can either make you feel like you have to show up a certain way. Um, and so if you have, I think, moms around you who are not guilting you, not making you feel less than because you buy cupcakes instead of make them like, it's okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Next time I buy my cupcakes, I'm going to be like Garland said I could. She said I could. <laughs> like, really, I mean, diving deep. And like you, like you said, it's, it's depending on how we were mothered. I was mothered by my mom, my aunts, my grandmother, and everybody in between. I was mothered by my family, but I actually moved away from Hawaii. I live on what Hawaiians call the mainland, and I don't have that. I don't have that structure here in Tennessee. So I think so many of us mothers are missing that, are missing that, that, that group of women. We're supposed to be together. And I think that's bringing it back to clubhouse and back to business. I think that's what we are creating there, a room, a safe environment for women to grow and teach each other. I mean, this, this is something we had talked about offline about 
that women are meant to teach each other. We're meant to grow together. We're meant to rule, honestly. We're meant to do this together and lift each other up, not tear each other down. And so much that you see is about people tearing each other down, regardless of sex or race, we're tearing each other apart. That's what gets shown on a constant, regular basis. What needs to get shown is how we're lifting each other up. So how, let's talk about your mission. How and what are you doing to lift up? And tell me more about your mission. Yeah, so I mean, I think the big part for me is we already have so many, like you said, divides and you know things that are looking like it's not going the right way. Um, but I think there, this is a, so I'm, I'm gonna use Star Wars because that's like the only thing I can think of right now to like explain this. I know, I knew we were just like kindred spirits. <laughs> There's so many, so many realms. This, this would be an hour long podcast if we went into it. Yeah. So the light and the darkness is real people. Like it, it's not a, um, it's a metaphor in, in the way they use it and they tell the story, but I think that's, it's everywhere. It's in your heart. It's how you see the world. It's who you decide to surround yourself with. And so when you understand that choosing the light because it is a choice. Everything is a choice. Love, choosing love versus hate, choosing light versus darkness, choosing to help someone instead of hurting them. Like all of that is a choice. And when you really understand that you have a choice in that matter and you try to live in that space of light, live in the space of helping people, live in the space of, you know, loving others, um, it's work. It's work every day. It's not a, I practice it on Sundays because that's when I go to church. Don't get me wrong. That is, I think how a lot of people, you know, have to maybe come back around to it. But when you really understand that it's in choices you make every day, um, it's, it's really hard. Um, and so for me, my mission is, and the work that I think I've been doing is understanding that and how I can make that real in what I do every day. So I wake up every day thinking, how am I going to help somebody? How am I going to love on somebody? And it may not look like a hug and a kiss and all of that. Cause I think love can be shown more than just, you know, physical love. I think there's emotional, um, there's, you know, helping people is a form of love. Um, and so how are you spreading that? How are you spreading that every day? So for me, that's a big part of how I do that. Um, in terms of me, just like starting this podcast that I did last, late last year, me getting on Clubhouse, me now, you know, deciding to do a consulting business because I was like, I'm doing it anyway. So I might as well get out here and, you know, exchange money energy with people um, to make it real. And so I am here to help. I'm here to serve. How can I use my skills? How can I use my experiences to help other people get there and get there in a place where they feel like they're being cared for? Um, because I, I think we've got enough mess. We've got dumpster fires everywhere. Um, but if you only look at the dumpster fire, you won't see the fireman and the firewoman that's coming to put the fire out. And there's always people around to help. And there's always people that are there to do that work. But if you only focus on the fire, you miss the people who are trying to extinguish it. 
and let's be part of the solution. Let's be those people that put out the fires, that bring the water, that source the water. Let's be those people that, that are part of the solution. So I really, really want to hear more about your podcast and your consulting business. So let's speak a little bit to that. Tell us a little bit about your consulting business first. Yeah. So I have been in talent acquisition all these years and see countless resumes have interviewed thousands of people. And so I can spot pretty quickly when I know someone's a fit for something. Um, and as a result of that, I'm often asked friends, family, oh, can you look at my resume? Can you help me prepare for this interview? Um, all these types of things. And I'm always like, okay, sure. Um, but now that I'm realizing this is a full on thing, because again, I started opening it up on Clubhouse and, and then just other people have come to me over the years and I'm like, okay, this, this is clearly, again, universe is telling me, Garland, you need to be doing this. Garland, you need to be making this something more concrete. So that is something that I am actively working on right now, um, you know, doing resume reviews, doing LinkedIn audits, um, working on people with their interviewing and coaching skills um, in terms of career storytelling. Like, how are you telling your story? Um, because you can either be telling it from a place of defeat and despair, or you can be telling it from a place of triumph and, you know, overcoming. Um, we all have problems. Problems are not the problem. The problem is how you're getting up after you have the problem. So if you're not getting up, then we need to talk about something else. But if you're getting up, you need to be talking about the, the getting up process because that's part of your character. That's grit, that's resilience, that's persistence. And if you're not characterizing it as such, we need to change your language because this is something that you should be bringing to how you tell your story. Um, and so that is what I'm working on right now. Um, Full Circle with Garland, I started last year because career storytelling for me was, um, as a recruiter, I hear people's stories all the time. And then I meet professionals and I ask them about their stories because I really want to know how they got there. And you come to find out it's a lot of, you know, happenstance. It's a lot of right place, right time, opportunities being presented, them sometimes seeing the opportunity and seizing it. Um, and so how can you listen to someone's story and find yourself in that story um, and see yourself in that story? It's also part of how I kind of Jedi mind trick people into realizing we're all part of the human family. Um, because if we're focused on how this person is showing up, what they're going through, you're not really worried if they're a man or a woman. You're not really worried if they're black or white or Asian or Latino. You're not really worried about anything because you're listening to their story and thinking, wow, that sounds just like me. Or I felt that way too. Or, oh my God, I looked at this person's career and I thought, gosh, they have it all figured out. Then you hear them tell you, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and so you feel more connected to them. Um, and so if I can foster more connection through these stories um, so that I can help you then tell your story, um, it's huge. And full circle for me means realizing you had it all along, but you were in the process of discovery and through your own discovery, you realize you can do it. So that podcast is full circle with Garland. Uh, find it anywhere you listen to your podcast. It is an extraordinary podcast. And I love the thought about bringing it full circle. And I love the thought that, I mean, this is why I podcast as well. This is why we do it, because we want to hear the stories. 
you see Garland, you see me and Jason, you see these, uh, you know what, Grant Cardone, you see him, but he came from someplace. He came from someplace that was not easy. He grew into what he is today. And there is a full circle to that. So uh, Garland, thank you so very much for coming on my show. I am touched in so many ways. I know I could continue this conversation for about three more hours, but I don't think my listeners have that type of time right now. So what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you one final, actually two final questions. How can people get a hold of you? Okay. So um, definitely on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Instagram at full circle with Garland. I'm also to be found on garlandfuller.com. Um, and, you know, I feel like because my name's so unique, you will remember it. Garland Fuller. <laughs> it is a fantastic name and Garland in Hawaiian is lay, which is oh. an amazing, an amazing word. It's a lay is a circle. Full circle. These so many connections. Anywho, before I let you go, one more thing. If you could tell one more thing to the entire world, and this is the last thing you could tell the world, what would it be? You are worthy of everything that your heart desires today, just as you are. I needed to hear that too. So from Garland's mouth to your ears, thank you so much, Garland, for being on my show. You are amazing and you are worthy as well. Thank you. Thank you. Want to learn exactly how we're finding high profit, cash flow ready multifamily properties off market? Want to find out how to run lightning fast syndications to raise all the capital you need for your next multi-million dollar deal? In just a few days, we are breaking down our entire process step-by-step at a three-day event happening June 10th through the 12th called, you guessed it, Multifamily Live. We've done events before, but nothing this massive or this valuable. And for the first time ever, we're going to open the doors and walk you guys through literally every step of what we're doing on our multifamily deals. This is a virtual event, so you don't have to travel or even leave your couch, but spots are limited. Sign up at multifamilyliveevent.com and we'll see you there.